0: welcome to talking Giants I'm your host Bobby Skinner here with my co-host Justin Penick, presented by John Boy media Justin we got a, a big show it's our first live stream on patreon we got camp battles previews we have a new kicker um, DeAndre Baker's been put on the exemplist we have like a lot a lot to get to but how, how are you doing uh, camp has started how are you feeling
1: Bobby Skinner, I was in the Bronx for the entire day, where I felt like I was a toddler learning to walk, how to use Adobe, but uh, we're going to be putting out some nice things on YouTube. They're going to look pretty clean. They're going to look pretty professional. Spent some time with the John Boy Media Crew, which was nice. I drove by MetLife Stadium twice on the New Jersey Turnpike. Uh, Got a little teary-eyed, not going to lie. Got a little teary-eyed seeing that gray blob piece of crap uh, on the side of the highway, but you know what? I love it. And uh, I'm gonna miss going there. Long day, long content day, but it's this is it. This is the time of the year. It's a little unfortunate that it's like we're starting camp, but we're not starting camp, but we are starting yeah. camp. So let's be it's, happy. Uh, it. it's
0: it's official, you know, the guys are reporting, rookies are signed, they're figuring it out. So I mean, it's like you said, it's not a they're not starting practicing, but camp has started. Camp has officially started to us. And so we're gonna get into our camp house preview. But Justin, today's episode it's brought to you by DraftKings. But honestly, Justin, they're like twentieth on the list. You want to know why? Wow, DraftKings kind of a kind of a big deal. Why? Because we have nineteen other people who are bringing this episode because they are sponsoring the show for two dollars a month on Patreon, Justin. And with that two dollars a month, you get a free Trailer Park Boy slash Talking Giants sticker, which is my favorite. In fact, if you're looking at the camera, I bought a bunch of them. They're too little, so I got them way bigger. I got them ordered, but these little ones have been putting at the gas pumps and stuff like that around town. So uh, I like them a lot. Uh, You get entered into a free raffle, and you get live stream. So we got people watching with us. And let's go go through some of the names. We got Matt. Matt has no last name. Um, That's pretty surprising, Justin. We got Evan Decker. Uh, Do you know that his brother, Eric Decker, uh, actually had a pretty good career with the— with the Broncos and the Jets, beautiful wife, um, as well,
1: beautiful wife, beautiful woman, beautiful woman. Uh,
0: no, another person has a beautiful wife, Buddy Brown, Mister Brownstone. He just celebrated his birthday two days ago. What's going oh, on, Mister? Beautiful Brownstone? family, just had a child. He did. Congratulations. Congratulations, my my one of our biggest supporters. We got Joe Manginello, probably mispronounced pronounced that one wrong. We'll just call him Joe Mang. Uh, Chris Seven Eight Six. That's a weird last name, but it is what it is. Chip Maloney. Chip Maloney is one of our first supporters, Justin. If you go back and got, like, our first little tiny stickers that were like this and didn't have a border, they were so ugly. Chip Maloney was one of the (laughs) first people to get one of those. Gareth Lewis, I think he might be Gadsman's superstar. I'm not sure. Uh, Hopefully I didn't just uh, expose him. We got Danny King. Screw him. Garrett Gleason. Gleason uh, is actually a park we used to hang out uh, in at Satellite Beach. So I wonder if, like, that was his dad's park.
1: Kinda of sounds like Glizzy, the term that we recently just retired. Garrett
0: Glizzy Gleason, I like that. Christopher mm-hmm. Juan, uh, he's a big supporter. Charlie Vitolo, he runs the G Man HQ. Chris Mickle. he found us through one of your live streams, so that was pretty cool. We got Keenan with no last name. That's that's suspicious. Keenan. Uh, Richard Tenansky. We got uh, Anthony B- Bordano, Bordano. I, I try I only it cut it off, so I I, I had to click on the profile of both Anthony Borneo, Matthew Johnson. Matthew, you got a kind of like a bland name, we'll be honest. Matthew Johnson. Topher wow. Pete, who's a, one of our guys, and Jeff Boyd, the Boyd Wonder. Those guys, they support us for two dollars a month. I would encourage you to do the same. Like I said, it's two dollars a month. It helps us and it just helps us give you guys more access, you know. At the end of the day, it's not even really about the money because You know what, we're going to be spending money to start this thing off anyways, but it's cool. Say you you were part of the first month of Patreon when we are freaking huge. And Shane Lemieux just put a picture of him signing a contract, Justin.
1: Whoa. Well, big news, big news, uh, people, the seven people that are watching on Patreon right now heard that breaking news. Yeah, patreon.com backslash talking giants. Uh, You get to see how we react and we get to see how we record and you get to see how how long it takes me to gather my thoughts and gather my takes on things before I actually edit. So that's a lot of fun or it's not a lot of fun. You'll get to see us react right after a few hours after games on Sundays when the season actually comes close. Um, so there's, but there's also more incentives to free t-shirts or uh, not free t-shirts, but we're going to have the contest for the t-shirts. And also Bobby, I just wrote a blog on Jason Garrett, which by the time that everybody's listening to this on the podcast app, it'll probably be going out. I, I, you know what? Full send. We're just, I'm putting it out today. I'm putting it out on Tuesday. Um, and then I'll continue to promote throughout the week. The patrons, they got a chance to read it first.
0: I like it. I like it. All right. So enough about that. Enough about us talking about ourselves. Enough. I don't like it. Enough. All right, Giants had a busy weekend going into this training camp. Um, and let, let's start at the top, Justin. Algic Rosas was cut on Sunday morning. Uh, there was rumblings about this. There was rumblings about him having being forced to take a pay cut. It ends up that he's flat out cut. And it saves the Giants $3.3 million in cap space. Uh, I actually thought after the new details that came out of his court case that he was going to be kept around because there's no DUI implications misdemeanors too yeah that being said um it's a lot different when you are a kicker who was inconsistent two of your three years you know the one pro bowl year was awesome but he was inconsistent of you know two of the first three years i like rosas i really did i thought he was a fun like member of the team you know you love seeing him going down on kickoffs and lay dudes out and knock his own helmet <laughs> off trying to hit guys but it is what it is when you get yourself in legal trouble that happens and when you're at a position and uh, a performance level last year those, you make yourself expendable when you get yourself into those kind of things, right, Jess.
1: Yeah, it's it's not surprising, um, especially when you consider the three point three million dollar cap hit. I think we've explored that before, but in a team that it's pretty tight cap wise, and they they there's a chance that they may need that cap space depending on the health status of whoever leading up to the season. The health status of some of these some of these guys that are going to be on the final fifty three man roster, COVID related or not. So they're going to need as much cap space as they possibly can uh, to possibly sign someone off the street that they're going to need. And that's a good thing. Now, what did surprise me, Bobby, I'll kind of transition us to this. I thought that, and some of the beat reporters also thought, that they were just going to wait until August to sign a kicker. Because with this ramp-up period, and they're not going to be actually like, in camp and on the practice field, why actually sign a kicker and not leave maybe an extra roster spot open at least for a little bit for one of these undrafted free agents. I thought that was very curious
0: because you have 90 guys, and what's I mean, I mean you're going to keep Malcolm Elmore for so you don't have a kicker on the roster. You want to have a kicker on the roster. You want him in your strength and conditioning program, and you don't want to take a chance of someone else getting their kicker injured or COVID and then losing out on somebody like that. So um, yeah. I didn't really like that theory. That being said, the Giants signed Chandler Catanzaro, who is a pro. Uh, last year, he retired after a rough preseason with the Jets, Justin. But he's been kind of consistent for like the most of his career. His last year was in 2018. Justin, where he kicked uh, 16 for 20, which was 80% of his kicks. Uh, he was 3 for 3 on 50-plus yarders. That being said, he was 0 for 3 on uh, kicks from 40 to 49. So it wasn't just a lack of leg. Um, but he also went 30 for 35 in extra points, which wasn't good. Career stats, 84%. Um, 20 uh, twenty to 29 yards, 97%, 30 to 39, 91 40 to 49, 74%, and 50 plus at 10 for 16, 63%, and then an extra points, 93%. I mean, a solid guy. Obviously, last year, he, you know, he quote unquote retired with the Jets. Uh, Steven Goskowski was a name out there. One, there's injury issues there. He knows Joe Judge. But two, like, Goskowski might be demanding a lot more money. Didn't, like we realized because he yeah. is kind of a proven guy. There was they might even bring another guy, but I think Cotton is fine to go week one. That being said, like don't be surprised if he struggles a little bit in practice or something, and they move on because this kind of happens when I mean we saw the year that um you know uh, J- Brown got in trouble. We kind of we we went through a few guys until we landed on Robbie Gold.
1: Yeah, and here's kind of like my my working theory that I have with uh Canton Zaro. We're going to be going for it on fourth down, Bobby. Joe Judge is a genius. We're signing an unreliable kicker, a kicker that you don't want to be relying on all the time. So especially between if we have a 40 to 49-yard field goal, we're not sending our kicker out there. We're going for it on fourth down. We're being analytically driven. We're going to go for it on two, and I'm going to absolutely love it. So Joe Judge is already showing that he's a genius.
0: I mean, Cotton's out to the 59-yarder, so. um,
1: Well, no, if it's a 59-yarder, then send him out there. Yeah, but he's better than
0: Rose like he's been better than Rosas in his career and just like his worst years have been better than what Rosas was last year. What Rosas was what, like seventy four percent last year?
1: I think you're interpreting that take as well here well here, you you want to know the insides of my brain. Seventy five percent of me that was real. That was real that I genuinely believe that, but twenty five percent was also me being sarcastic and I'm and I'm upset you didn't pick up, pick up on I that. I
0: know. But I like to answer your sarcasm with real facts. Facts don't care about your sarcasm, Justin. Um, Ooh, was that a Ben Shapiro drop? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it truly was. Getting all political on this. Uh, I actually have a Chandler Catanzaro story. I shared it on Twitter, so, you know, second time around here because I can't save anything for the podcast because I'm a man Oh, I like this. I like but this, But in yeah. 2015, I was literally 6-0 and dominating fantasy football. And week seven, I'm ready to go 7-0. and This is the year Chris Johnson uh, signed with the Cardinals and this was David Johnson's first year, so Chris Johnson was their first mm. string. I believe they were playing the Steelers, and Chris Johnson just breaks a long run to um, to finish the game off for that last score. They ended up scoring like a couple plays later. They didn't give Chris Johnson the ball anymore, so I was just hoping Chris Johnson would get that one, you know, that that like 10 yards for me. He didn't get it, but they score, so I'm like, okay, extra point. I'm down literally half a point. Cotton I don't think he missed a kick all year at that point, Justin. He misses the extra point. I lose by half a point and go 6-1. and one. That was the year. Uh, Odell. O- that was probably Odell's best year. And then he got sus- – or no, it wasn't his best year, but it was a good year. He got suspended. Um, remember after the Panthers game? and that, Oh, 2015. Yeah, that yeah. was in the championship game, and I just got blown out in the championship game. Um, but I had Tim Tebow on my bench because all he does is win.
1: Kickers should not be in fantasy football. I was in. I was finally in a league where I was the commissioner. I'm like, no, we're not having kickers. It was absolutely wonderful. Unfortunately, I still have friends who are young, but they're stubborn that they're like, oh, no, we need kickers because that's how we did it when we were 13. So don't be... We have a kicker in
0: our fantasy football league.
1: Don't be boring.
0: No, we have to get rid of it. No, no we have to get rid of it. You need to join it, by the way, still. Um, kickers don't matter. So, yeah, Cotton's are. All, unfortunately, we don't get the same in preseason, action because there's no preseason, but... We'll uh we'll just have to trust the coaches on that, and then Justin obviously the other big news DeAndre Baker, uh showed up to New York slash New Jersey, which was a huge controversy. People were getting mad at us <laughs> for posting an Instagram story. They're like, all
1: right, we we need to we need to set the record straight. We need to set the record straight. Now the people, some of the people that had a problem with, we get along, we get along with, and that's you know we 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 always have friendly discussions amongst different podcasts and different content creators anyway. Unless you're one person that thinks that. Andrew Thomas should start at right tackle, but neither here nor there. DeAndre Baker posted on his Instagram story, so you screen captured it. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. Everybody posts on their Instagram stories all the time of them working out, which first of all, I think that's such I oh I, that, that bugs me sometimes because cause it's pandering and I Yeah, but like if they don't stuff. do
0: it, people get mad because DeAndre Baker used to not post anything working out. And people say he never works out, so then he started posting workout videos.
1: I'm talking about people who post things about other people working out. That's what I'm. That's what I'm talking about. Like that. That bothers me. So we posted something that was very worthy of posting because DeAndre Baker being in New York City. That's kind of big news, and we got ridiculed for it. Like we were actually snitching on DeAndre Baker when he's when it's like he's the one that put it on his Instagram story. Yes,
0: he And I, we weren't even snitching on him because I said that like he's only allowed to leave Florida for work purposes so everyone's like he's allowed to go to eat and stuff like that it's like yeah that's the point that he's in new york so that means he's there to report and he had to report to get this um nfl list. i get you know patricia chamber's reporting on that that you can't that you can't just uh they can't like he has to report i guess for him to be put on that list or have the intention of reporting so it wasn't a snitching it was literally us just being like hey like he's here and he's like he playing like so far, he plans on being ready to go, and people got mad at him for yeah. the expensive steak he was getting. So it, it is what it is. That being said, he got put on the commissioner's exempt list today, um, which basically that's the commissioner's – it's basically putting you on paid leave. So DeAndre Baker still gets paid while his legal stuff is going through. But he's not a part of the team. He doesn't count against the roster. And it's just it's just a way for you to not have to move on from a guy while he still goes through his legal issues. Now, technically, the only the commissioner can make this decision – But I've got a feeling that like it's kind of like a hey, like this guy's going through this legal stuff. Can we put him on there? I don't think it's just like Roger Goodell just acting totally on his own. Justin,
1: yeah, it's good timing. It's good timing, especially since uh, it it came out that both Rosas and Baker were going to report. Like they were on their way to New York, (laughs) they they were packing their bags. So it's probably it's definitely possible that Joe Judge was like, well, let's let's pump the brakes on this a little bit. Let's pump the brakes. Um. Here's my thing, Bobby, and I mentioned this when the bake when the second wave of Baker news broke a couple weeks ago. I think it was around the f- like the Fourth of July. I think um, the second wave of Baker news broke. We mentioned the fact that he could be possibly placed on the commissioner's exempt list, and I'm like, I think I'm okay with that. Because now that a little bit of time has passed, and I said this, I said this to myself, Justin, after a little bit of time, time is going to pass. You're going to calm down. You're not going to be as mad at DeAndre Baker. And we're going to realize sooner or later that Bobby, no matter what we think of him character wise, we're going to need him. And we're going to need him badly. So, depending on whether that's actually next year, or depending on whether this is actually before the season, if the case can be somehow resolved or dropped or whatever. I think I would welcome him back, but I definitely think there's like an 80% chance that he's not even back in blue anyway. So it doesn't even matter.
0: I don't think he's ever going to be a giant again. Um, I yeah. don't think this case is going away. Those messages of paying guys off that, uh, that changed everything for me. I think he's done as a New York giant. So that's-
1: but if he is, <laughs> but if everything works out, I think I would welcome him back.
0: Listen, I I can have a couple criminals on the team as long as they're willing to work hard and change themselves. Um, and it seemed like Baker was doing some of that, but you know he had a, a gold plated steak, so maybe he wasn't. Um, you I'm know. jealous. But maybe that video was from three months ago. But it wasn't. It, I it wish was, I could have gold steak. Yeah, that's my thing. It was like, okay, he's getting ready for camp, and maybe he's like having one last really nice meal. Like, I mean, I, I would never be a gold steak guy. I would never waste my money. But I don't want to. I don't want to ridicule a guy that does. And he's getting paid while well, he's on the NFL exempt list, so he hasn't got his last <laughs> paycheck which was uh, another another take. Somebody in the chat said Eddie Eddie Panero. Ooh, that was the Bears kicker. That have they moved on from him? Um and does the good restaurant does the commissioner's exemplarist relieve any salary owed? No, it doesn't and is he not allowed to play all season? He can play. He just has to be taken off that list. And basically, it would have to be his court stuff ends and like say he's found not guilty somehow or they don't even file charges, which they most likely will. Then Roger Goodell could, would take him off the list, and he'd be ready to go, or they put a four-game suspension on him, or something like that. So that's that's basically what the commissioner's example is. It's kind of like a cheat code to suspend a guy without suspending him.
1: All right, this is this is bad. But are talking about salary cap implications, the Giants, I think, would need some kind of guilty um, verdict to come down. Some kind of maybe not exactly guilty verdict some kind of accountability measure from the courts to come down for any kind of salary to be alleviated if they were to cut him.
0: Yeah, and that's why they're waiting. That's why they're not cutting him right now because then they right. would owe the salary. Uh
1: do you, I mean do you have anything else on DeAndre
0: Baker? I mean we've exhausted that that topic all off season. No. And also I'm ready to be done. The next time we talk about DeAndre Baker it'll be substantial news and not like you know, him being in limbo or whatever. So
1: no, I'm, I'm glad I calmed down from a few weeks ago because I was just, like I said, I was just so mad. I was so upset. Come on, like this is seriously happening. The things we're actually looking up and cornerback is one of those spots and the secondary is one of those spots where even if you have one glaring weakness, it can destroy your entire secondary. It doesn't even matter who was around it. And that's what we've, the Giants have been a, a, example A of that actually happening. And yeah, I'm I'm done. Um if he's if he comes back on the exempt list, if he eventually comes back, I'll welcome him. I'll welcome him back. If he doesn't, which I don't expect him to be back, see you later. Thanks a lot.
0: Danny King said Ray Lewis was a criminal and is a Hall of Famer. Baker can follow the same path. I agree, and I cannot stand people who have never looked at the Ray Lewis details and call him a murderer. That's a whole side rant. I re- it, re- it actually bothers me every time, and I want to like correct people. Oh, boy. But I also know people make jokes, and I make jokes without knowing stuff, too. So I can't get too mad. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> that being said, all right, last thing before we get into camp battles, which is the fun part of this episode. The Giants, I was surprised, Justin, they're doing the full 90-man roster, which means until August 18th, they have to do a split roster. Um, I don't know how they're going to do it. I've seen some of the beat reporters saying that it would be like, You know, rookies and vets or stuff like that. I thought it would probably be offense defense. I know they're not going to be doing a ton of uh, on field workout, but they also will be like they're going to be going through like some walkthroughs and stuff. So I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be split by offense and defense. But that's just I don't really have any takes on that. It's just more of update.
1: Yeah, I was driving home from the Bronx when you called me. It's like, oh, yeah, this is going to be happening. So I have no clue. That makes sense if you're going to be splitting up. Is it splitting up rosters or is it literally just splitting up like, hey, this is how we're going to practice? Or do you not know that yet? I think it's how they're going to practice. All right. Well, that's fine. They usually it's just it's like position. Yeah. So they cut one player,
0: though, Malcolm Elmore, which made me feel good because he was the undrafted free agent. Justin, I feel good. I like I feel like a scout. He was the one I had nothing good to say about. He was he was the one that year. Like I have nothing good to
1: say about you, Malcolm Elmore. Uh, was that the guy that looked like he was on defense, right? And he looked corner. like he was ten years, uh, thirteen years old.
0: He was the he played for the like the D like the D three school, like Southern Methodist yeah. or something.
1: And he didn't even have like usually if you're gonna take a guy from a D three school, you at least should have like baller stats. No, he sucked. He looks like. He, He looked like he was 15, and he did not have bowler stats. Yeah, I I don't even
0: know why they signed him as an undrafted free agent. It was that bad. But it made me feel good about my my scouting and my analysis. There you go. All right, let's take a break. Let's read the DraftKings ad, and then let's get into camp battles. Let's talk about DraftKings. DraftKings has brought their expertise to legal sports betting. It's a legitimate sports book based right here in the U.S., so you can rest assured that your funds are totally secure. DraftKings is America's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. If you're an NBA fan like me, you place a $25 bet on who you think will be crowned the champion at the end of the season before tip-off of the first game and get a $25 free bet to use on a single-game bet for the first two days of the resumed season. Bet on uh, the Magic over the Raptors. Maybe get an upset. I don't know. New users get a sign-up bonus up to $1,000. During this week, there will be golf, MLB, MMA, and more. Head to the app right now and check out all they have to offer, including player props, live betting, and so much more. If if a sportsbook is not yet available in your state, don't forget about the DraftKings Fantasy app. For this week's golf tournament, they're offering a share of $1 million. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code JOHNBOY. When you sign up for a limited time, all new users can get a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars. That's right, DraftKings Sportsbook has a sign up bonus up to a thousand dollars. You send a code John Boy when you sign up. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, must be 21 years or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Bonus comp- compromise of a first deposit bonus and a first bet match, each up to five hundred dollars. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Oh, my God. (laughs) It's clapping us in. I almost knocked my microphone over. I'm keeping all of it in. Justin, I have been very excited for this episode, Camp Battles. Now, it's not as exciting because there's not uh, going to be as much training camp, but nonetheless, it is exciting. And, Justin, what we did is there is essentially six uh, position battles, uh, wide receiver corners a little more nuanced, and I did a Twitter poll and an Instagram poll for almost every single one of them. Instagram is a little tough because there's only two options. Uh, that being said, man, it's a lot of fun, um, and I agree with the listeners on a few, and I don't agree with them on some, but it's, it's, it's exciting. Justin, let's start at the one that I think is the most intriguing and the one we've been talking about the most this offseason. And that's Nick Gates versus Spencer, versus Spencer Pulley for the center position. Now, Twitter uh, went in favor of Nick Gates, 63% to 37%. And then Instagram went Nick Gates, 70% to 30%. Justin, ah, I know a lot of these, my opinions have are not as strong as they would be if it was a full camp because they might lean on experience a little bit. That being said, I'm still in the Nick Gates train. You can still put in the work to read these, you know, to uh, check out defenses and figure like that in the off season. And, you know, you're going to be in camp. They're going to be showing you stuff and you're going to have to call it out. Like that's what the film room is going to be. It's going to be a little different because it's not in person. But Nick Gates showed me that he's a good offensive lineman last year, whether it's at right guard, at a right tackle. And I don't think this offensive line is in a position to have good players on the bench. Um Now, one thing that could change this for me is if they put Nate Solder at right tackle and they want to let Nick Gates battle with Solder and have it a real battle. Like, with no seniority, like, best man wins. That's where I would be like, okay, put Pulley at center. Um, But Nick Gates showed great in-play awareness last year. I did a couple breakdowns on it where he was, like, the best at picking up blitzes and passing off stunts. I think he's ready for it. I don't think it's going to be perfect. Um, people have brought up this—he's a little too tall. I don't see that. There's been other tall centers. I looked it up. I'm been banging the table for Nick Gates uh, for center 2020, and I'm staying with my guy, Justin.
1: If we're talking about camp battles, and camp battles meaning a, a battle in a position that's going to be resolved early in the season and by week one, Spencer Pulley is gonna get it to start, in my opinion. Uh, I think you know the fact that Nick Gates doesn't have a single start under center, doesn't have a single start under center uh, yet in his in his NFL career, I think as of right now, that's going to be a detriment to him, because especially if we're talking about calling things out at the line of scrimmage, I don't doubt that he doesn't have the smarts to do, it, and he doesn't have the football IQ to do it, it's just not going to come week one. You hope that Spencer Pulley, whatever he had in 2018, you know, the, the average to you know, mediocre play that he showed in 2018. He can bring that back to the table. You know, that being thrown in that Jets game was an absolute mess. However many starters we were missing, and I'm pretty sure that was the one game Kevin Zeitler even missed as well. So that was just an absolute mess. Nick Gates did start at right guard, and he looked pretty good in that Jets game, but neither here nor there. Spencer Pulley's going to get it, I think, simply because he has the experience over Nick Gates as of now.
0: Yeah, but there's also, like, there's not really any... It'd be one thing if we bring back the same coaching staff or not, and the Patriots have showed where they started an undrafted free agent off over a second round a rounder before. You know, I think their center—that's where he came from. Like, he, like, and yeah. they
1: cut the second rounder. Uh, I do think having the new coaching staff actually bodes better for Spencer Pulley. So you're, you're, we're kind of like on opposite spectrums in 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 both of these regards because I think having a new coaching staff bodes better for Spencer Pulley because it's a new system versus well, Nick Gates has two years, well, one year one year of in the classroom, but then another year of actually in physical reps playing Pat Shermer's system. So if Pat Shermer was the coach in 2020, I'm saying, sure, let's put Nick Gates at center. He knows what this offense is. He's ready to rock and roll. But the fact that it's a new system, I think Pulley bodes better for that. But I
0: understand where you're coming from. But Pulley sucked in the one game he played in 2019. He I mean, did. he got bullied by the Jets, <laughs> and the Jets aren't some like amazing defensive line. Um and they lost their best player in Larry Williams in the defensive line by that time. So, I, so I, it's like I, I have no hope for pulley. Gates, I have a hope for a future with the Giants. You can't put him at guard because we got Zeitler and Will Hernandez. Andrew Thomas is gonna start at one of the tackle positions. And Nate did sort of getting paid a lot of money. And that looks at center. And Justin, he's been practicing it. So he has been told to practice yeah. center and be ready. I don't think they would do that if they didn't have actual real plans. I mean, he's been practicing all off season with Will Hernandez in Las Vegas as a center. I don't think they have him do that. If they're going to come in and let him battle for right tackle on the first day.
1: Do we think Nick Gates has taken over the strength cartel role of John Jalapio? Because I can see Nick Gates being the intense kind of guy to wear the strength cartel apparel, which by the way, strength cartel gym in Orange County, California the street that it's on is called Most Hated Boulevard. We need to. Steal so I think that Nick Gates time. he he has <laughs> he has like that heavy metal hair. I think he's intense enough to uh, to be a part of the Strength Cartel Brothers with Will Hernandez. Taking play John guy said he's place. like the
0: biggest home run hitter he's ever seen at the softball game. So mm. my man, my man can stroke it. All right, so you're going Ooh. Spencer Pulley. I'm going Nick Gates, and the listeners are going Nick Gates.
1: Right? Every everyone's against me.
0: All right, as usual. All right, the next one, I was very surprised at where the the vote went. This is for inside linebacker number two. Dave, uh, Blake Martinez will be inside linebacker number one. Number two, we have Ryan Connolly versus David Mayo. On Twitter, Ryan Conley took 92% of the vote. On Instagram, <laughs> he took 88% of the vote. At one point, Ryan Connolly had 59 votes and David Mayo had one vote. Pretty. I was very surprised on this. I thought David Mayo was actually going to win this. Or if Ryan Connolly was going to win it, it was going to be close. But, Justin, this is the one where if there's a full camp in season, I would have been banging for Ryan Connolly or at least waiting to see him in the preseason. I'm still going to go Ryan Connolly because I think he's the better player. And David Mail, at the end of the day, he's a depth piece. That's what he's, his contract is. That's what he was brought in last year. And he filled his role last year. Where guys got hurt, he came in and started. And did like a semi-adequate job. But he, I, he's not going to be a starter long-term. Even though he could have improved a little bit. Ryan Connolly, he plays fast. He plays aggressive. That's perfect to go next to a guy like Blake Martinez. Who plays kind of like uh, like in control QB the defense type kind of guy. I think Connolly's the guy. I would have loved to see him get some preseason reps. To see how he looks off coming off that torn ACL. That being said, I'm just, I'm just going with Ryan Connolly Because I think he's the better player. That being said, I won't be mad if David Mayo is the starter to start um, because of the injury and no preseason. That being said, if Ryan Conley plays 30% of the snaps and looks good week one, then week two, I will be banging on the drum to start Ryan Conley.
1: This may be one of those situations where Ryan Conley is listed as number two on the depth chart, especially to start the season. You're coming off a torn ACL and he's only going to have that two week ramp up period in pads, Bobby. Only going to have that two-week ramp-up period before it's actually live action back there again. So that's going to be a lot of pressure that we're putting on the knee. it's also going to be a lot of pressure that we're just putting on Ryan Conley in general, who's basically virtually still a rookie. But Ryan Conley, I think he should be number two on the depth chart, but it may be one of those situations where the snap share and the snap count looks quite interesting, where David Mayo may be playing on a lot of rundowns. He's going to be maybe in with Blake Martinez on a first or second down and then you're going to have, I'm serious, Patrick Graham's defense is going to have one interior linebacker on the field, third down, that's probably going to be Blake Martinez, and you're going to have Julian Love, Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers all on the field at the same time, alternating roles possibly between slot corner, free safety, and strong safety, so that's what I think is going to be happening, David Mayo's snap count may be up a little bit, and Ryan Conley, I think he'll still be number two on the depth chart, but his snap share may be down a little bit.
0: Like I said, this is one of those ones where I would have had a strong opinion coming into this if we had a full camp, but we don't have that. We don't get to see him in preseason to see how he looks in game action, because game action is different than a fully padded practice. It just is. Being said, man, I really like what I saw out of Connolly and I thought that was yeah. better. Um, you know, We won't get into his player profile preview. Connolly definitely has something to approve on. What sucks is one of those was his strength. And when you're tear your ACL, it's hard to really work on getting stronger. You're more be covering so in the way he plays so fast um like i said that's why i don't have as strong as opinion as i would have if connell if uh we had some preseason games to watch of Connolly.
1: yeah what's our next battle next
0: battle i'll let you lead where you think on this one this one's a little different because cool. it's two positions it's wide receiver four and wide receiver five now i'll, I'll start off with what the vote went so i did so I, I put in six guys. I had put in Corey Coleman, Austin Mack, Benjamin Victor, David Sills, Derek Dillon, and Cody Core. So I did two pulls of three, and then the winner of those two I put next up against each other. So the winners were Corey Coleman and Austin Mack. On Twitter, Corey Coleman got 76% of the vote, and on Instagram he went 68% of the vote. Um, that being said, it doesn't have to be one of those two guys. It could be Derek Dillon for your number four wide receiver. So yeah. Who are you going for wide receiver for?
1: Yeah, I I will say for wide receiver four right now when we discussed this possibly I think on last episode Corey Coleman does have the advantage simply because he's he's been in the NFL before it hasn't been here for long because he's been every he's been here there and everywhere and he's also been hurt but Corey Coleman does have the edge right now but that being said give me either Corey Coleman or Derek Dillon. I don't want both give me one because I almost they're not the same kind of player. But why you like Coleman is because of the speed. Why you like Dylan is because of the speed. So give me either one of those guys, whoever impresses most. I think that's going to be Coleman. And for wide receiver five, Bobby, big fan of Benjamin Victor. I like the 6'4. He he is the biggest. Can't wide believe not we're, s- we're
0: supposed to talk about wide receiver five first, and you just you just blew it.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. So I started talking about wide receiver four. I like going in order. I can't. Yeah, you I can't go,
0: comprehend. Let's just talk wide receiver four. So wide receiver four, Corey Coleman or Derek Dillon? I said that. I said uh, Corey Coleman. All right, so Corey Coleman is your wide receiver four. I agree with you on this one. Um, but give me
1: either Corey Coleman or Derek Dylan. I don't want. Come on, but,
0: come on. Don't pl- don't play the fence. Don't you're, ride the you're
1: fence. Not un- no, but you're not understanding. I'm understanding. What I'm, saying. I'm telling you. I'm just telling you. I'm telling you, Corey name.
0: Coleman. Okay, I understand Corey what you're saying though. You want the speed guys, number four. I'm going Corey Coleman as well. I think he gets the benefit of the doubt uh, for not for not practicing or, or not having a, a preseason. So these undrafted guys don't really get to shine and set themselves apart. Practice, you can do stuff, but it's not as much. That being said, though, Darius Slayton did kind of set himself uh, apart in training camp last year, where he only played one half against Cincinnati, where he did have a really nice catch uh, where Daniel Jones got lit up and then missed the first two games, and then he came back in that Tampa game and you know obviously played a big role in that game. So it's not to say that none of those guys can't separate themselves in the game. But I'm going Corey Coleman. He's got the speed. You know, Last year I was expecting him to be wide receiver three coming off the torn ACL. I'm giving him the advantage at four. I know he's the guy that we just never give up on, but I I, I want to see him start out the season at number four. So we're, we all agree. Me, you, and the listeners all say Corey Coleman at wide receiver four. All right, wide receiver five, I took the leftovers after Corey Coleman, and I did a poll of Benjamin Victor. I only did this one on Twitter because it's four people. Benjamin Victor, Austin Mack, David Sills, and Derek Dillon. Derek Dillon got 7%. David Sills got 15%. Austin Mack got 32%. And I was very surprised that Benjamin Victor got 46%. And the listeners voted for Benjamin Victor Victor as the number five wide receiver, the tall, tall skinny dude out of
1: Ohio State. Yeah, so so Twitter does agree with me. I'm surprised the, the Derek Dillon, fading Derek Dillon, big time, 7%. Uh, usually, you know, you, you, you can't teach speed, Bobby Skinner. That's, you know, that's what they say. But Benjamin Victor would be, if he makes the 53, beside Rice and John, but they're trying Rice and John at tight end if he even makes the team, which he probably won't. Benjamin Victor would be the tallest Giants wide receiver at 6'4". I believe Darius Slayton. We like to think that Darius Slayton is a little bigger, but I think he's only 6'1", 6'2". Yeah. And I maybe be round. Am I rounding up? I think I'm kind of on the money. But Benjamin Victor is 6'4". I like Benjamin Victor. He has sneaky advanced stats in terms of his catch percentage in the middle of the field. You would look at a lot of his highlights and particularly, you know, one one comes to mind at the senior bowl where he's catching balls down the sideline and he's catching balls deep down the middle of the field, maybe 20 plus yards. But in that intermediate range, 10 to 15 yards in the middle of the field, he actually has some pretty good numbers there from Ohio State in 2019. So I like that. And that's why just this guy, this guy's is just not a guy that's going to catch a ball on the sideline and catch a fade or catch a go route. He has some other, you know, ability in there uh, for you. So I think Benjamin Victor, I like him. Think he has the most up. He may not have the most upside, but I think he makes wide receiver five.
0: There's a lot of potential with like Victor. Mac made some plays. Derek Dylan that speed and Derek Dylan, I think, has the best case of like, hey, he was buried in the depth chart because buried behind Jamar Chase, just like legit first rounders. So he is the one I give a little excuse for for being on the bench. But at the end of the day, these are guys who didn't start in college. So it's hard for me to put like too much uh, into them. And I think it's a lot of recency bias because I think of David Sills, who played for West Virginia and then was with Buffalo in the preseason last year. had a touchdown for them, put up some stats. I thought if, if, if he was with this undrafted free agent class, I think we'd be talking about him a lot more. He did some works with Daniel Jones. Like when Jones is on, like coming back from injury, they would stay after practice and work together. I like David Sills out of West Virginia. He's tall. He was a touchdown. I think he had like over forty touchdowns at West Virginia. He's a former QB. He doesn't have the speed, um, but you know if you can have some good route running. Joe Judge, who's a wide receiver, you know a, a wide receiver coach, Tyke Tolbert has got the most out of out of guys. He was like one of the only coaches retained. I'm going David Sills, man. I feel like he put up the most production in college with uh, what's his face, the uh, Will Greer, uh, who sucks. Uh, shout out PFF Sam. Uh, so David, I'm going David Sills, man. I think if he was part of this, if he was part of this year's undrafted free agent class, we'd be talking about him a lot more.
1: It's been a while since we've had some PFF slander in there. That must feel good. You got to you.
0: start camp off with it. Now they don't have preseason to piss us off. Last year, where they're like Daniel Jones is the fifth ranked rookie QB in preseason when he had. Arguably like the greatest preseason of all time. But, you know, we, we will get into That's some PFF wars. Greatest preseason. He completed like God. over 80% of his passes, like 15 yards per attempt. Dude was literally perfect like in this preseason.
1: Hey, but turnover worthy plays, Bobby. You can't forget about He didn't about have any. Things. It was just
0: the two fumbles. <laughs> he didn't have any turnover worthy throws. <laughs> I'm
1: being sarcastic. Um, This is the spot wide receiver four and five that I feel – is most impacted by not having camp. That may not be a hot take, but I think just coming out and saying it is kind of significant. Because the talent that's here and the depth that's here, or at least I feel like the depth that's here, like you would love to see Sills, you would love to see Mac. You would love us. I would I kind of would really like to see Mac because he goes up and he mosses dudes. Uh Victor's kind of the guy that in to be frank, and I I know I picked Victor, Victor is a guy that kind of has like the lowest ceiling. Because he doesn't do one thing like exceptionally well. I feel Mac has better ball skills in terms of picking it up better in the air. And Dylan is that speed guy. But I just there's just something about Victor that I like and I think he's the most consistent. So this is why it actually it's really sucks that we don't have camp and we don't have we don't have full camp and we don't have a full preseason any preseason to see these guys.
0: All right. Next on the list, we got cornerback two and nickel corner. This one um, we might have to do it together because it is very nuanced. Because we might have guys that might be like, you might have love it outside, and you or you might have him at nickel. So I'll go. Nickel Corner. I put the vote on Twitter up between Darnay Holes, Julian Love, and Corey Ballantyne. Darnay Holmes has 57%. Love had 36%. Ballantyne, who started um, at nickel for half the season, had 7% on Instagram. Uh, Holmes got 53%. Julian Love got 47%. So they voted for Holmes as the starting nickel. And then so I went outside. I included Julian Love. Uh, I only did it on Twitter between Julian Love, Sam Beal, and Corey Ballantyne. Julian Love got 53%. Sam Beal got 34%. And Corey Ballantyne got 13%. So I will let you answer two at one. Who is your outside cornerback number two opposite of James Bradbury? And who is your nickel corner?
1: Let's put the best players in the best position to succeed. Oh, right? wow. Hot take. I, yeah, uh, I'm full of hot takes today. The, J- Justin, Justin has a really scrambled brain right now.
0: We want our guys to be in good situations. That is, that yeah. is a very good point, Justin.
1: Come, come, subscribe to Patreon to see these to see these takes live. Julian Love is gonna, it should be opposite of James Bradbury. I really don't want to be putting Corey Ballantyne or Sam Beal in that spot if they need to be because you know let's just say Julian Love is going to go elsewhere maybe play a little bit of slot corner here and there a little bit of safety depending on matchups hey that's a concept too changing guys and where they play based off of matchups and who fits who who fits what well that's also a con- another hot take bobby <laughs> um, but let's uh, if i'm going to pencil something in on a depth chart Julian Love most apt to play Outside corner, I feel a lot better compared to Corey Ballantyne and Sam Beal. Sure, the straight line speed may be faster, but in man coverage and Patrick Graham's system, where he's going to allow these cornerbacks to get their hands on the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage, try to slow them down some way, um, I feel comfortable with Julian Love playing cornerback. And then Darnay Holmes at slot corner, this is the unfortunate thing where we're now talking about putting a rookie corner in a vulnerable situation. And this is this is the thing that I'm going to be circling. If if Julian Love is going to be at cornerback number two, slot corner is going to be that position that I'm circling. Of like, I'm concerned.
0: Yeah, it, it DeAndre Baker really screws us over with this. Where like, if if it's not, we're just like seeing like where does Julian Love play and what is Holmes' future now? Now I I want I like Corey Ballantyne. I like things I see out of Corey Ballantyne. I'm very I'm very like tempted to say. Ballantyne, the outside cornerback number two, because I like his traits, and he's an outside corner. They obviously saw something in last year to throw him at nickel, which he never played and wasn't his position. So that makes me want to go Cory Ballantyne on outside, and the fact that I think Julian Love can be an awesome slot cornerback in the NFL. And if John J. Baker was a part of this team, I would have slotted Julian Love as the nickel cornerback. And I think cornerback – like, I think the Giants need to go out and get another corner, whether it's in free agency or trade next offseason, something. Like, I think they need to get a corner. And so, like, where like Julian loves a talented player. I don't want him to be switching positions his first three years every single time between corner yeah. safety, then back to nickel, and then outside corner. Um, and then Darnay Holmes, man, I like him. But it's hard for me – it's hard for me to put that on a rookie, to come out and be ready to go week one, especially with no camp. So, I, I, I think that's what I'm going to do, Justin – um, this is the one I don't have a lot of conviction in, but I'm gonna go Julian Love as a nickel corner. I do think he has the ability to play cornerback too and I talked about when the DeAndre Baker first stuff happened or stuff first happened I thought about you know putting Julian Love outside. I think he has that ability. Um, you know he's an awesome corner in college. he has the speed to play outside. he's not like a burner, but he has like he has the same amount of like speed as other guys who have been successful outside corners. but I'm gonna go Julian Love at Nickel and then Corey Ballantyne on the outside, but I, I don't have a lot of conviction on that. It's just, I can't put that much trust in Darnay Holmes week one.
1: Julian love playing the slot is the most optimal. And I guess this goes against my take of putting players in the best position possible, but Julian love playing slot corner is the most optimal and best case scenario for this team. It's just, are you going to sacrifice cornerback two? And that's the main question because one of the cause this is now we're getting to a conversation if if Julian Love is the slot corner. Xavier McKinney, Jabril Peppers, and Julian Love, they could all disguised. They can all change positions. They can all fly around the field together. You can send Julian Love on cornerback nickel blitzes. He has that capability. And then you can have a guy like Jabril Peppers, Xavier McKinney coming down and covering where that slot corner was supposed to be covering, covering that slot wide receiver. You're talking about a lot of fun and creative things that you can do if Julian Love is your slot slot corner. Because he showed that he can do a lot of fun things last year as a little bit of free safety but mostly strong safety when Jabril Peppers was out.
0: Yeah, and then like you and like you said, you use guys more versatile. You can have those rotating coverages. There's a lot of stuff you can do with Julian Love at slot corner compared to just throwing him out on the outside, which I don't think he right. would I, I think if you put Julian Love on the outside, teams like, "All right, let's pick on Nickel." Where now they might be picking on cornerback number 2, which I think is I think it'll be it's the biggest worry of me on the defense. It's cornerback. Um yep. uh, thanks a lot, DeAndre Baker. Like I said, you know, before DeAndre Baker got arrested, you know, one of my takes this offseason was the biggest, the two biggest tent poles for this team is Daniel Jones' growth and DeAndre Baker. Because if DeAndre Baker can grow and be a solid cornerback too, like I trust James Bradman on the other side. Just go play football. Yep. Trust you. But if DeAndre Baker could grow to a good corner, which, you know, there's no reason to think that he won it. He was an awesome – like he was the best corner in the nation and he shut down the SEC. Uh, but it, it screws us over.
1: Um, yep. Absolutely. We have any other camp
0: battles? Yeah, we got two more. Now this one, mm. this was the first one I put out, and I'm I'm regret putting these the extra two in the Twitter poll. But on running back three, Wayne Gallman, Javal Leak, Javal Leak, Javon Leak, John Hillman, and I put I put John Hillman and Sandro Platzgummer in there, and I think we got a few joke votes because Gallman got fifty nine percent, Leak got twenty six percent. Sandro Plasciamer got nine percent. He's literally a charity case on the roster. Like that's what he, does, wow. he doesn't even count. I'm not even saying that in a joking way. Like it doesn't even count against like the 90 man roster. It's a it's like a it's a European football league like charity thing. And then John Hillman got six percent. Uh, that's not a lot, but even that, I think that's way too much for John Hillman.
1: St. Peter's prep alum probably voted yeah. for John Hillman there.
0: Uh, makes sense. Not a lot of talent coming from that <laughs> high school.
1: Instagram. Wow. No, that's totally false. Minka Fitzpatrick.
0: That's true. Minka's a beast. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick or Jamal Adams? Quick, who do you take? Minka. Minka, too. Me, me too. I'm a Minka guy. I fell in love with him. Look,
1: Literally made Pittsburgh, like, an adequate, not just, like, obviously they have a good defense, but made them, like, an adequate football team last year.
0: You know, when he no had the trade request last year, like, everyone's like, we've got to get this guy. And I was like, has anyone even watched him? Or are we just saying we have, like, we're just being one of 31 teams that says we have to trade for him? And then I went and watched like three games of film on him. Like, okay, yeah, now I actually think I would trade for this guy. Bobby, Bobby, um,
1: wait. Oh, you want to go down this path? We trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. All right, we give up that third rounder. May have to give up something a little bit more significant, You'd have to give up a
0: first rounder. The Steelers gave up a first rounder.
1: I low-key would rather do that than what we're doing with Leonard Williams right now.
0: We would have had to trade a first rounder, which would mean we would have been trading Andrew Thomas, which I'm not willing to do. Oh,
1: all right. I don't want to go down that path. I mean,
0: it's not a it's not a path. There was the Steelers traded a first round pick, um, and then Instagram went sixty one percent Wayne Gallman, thirty nine percent Javon Leak. Justin, I have strong opinions about the running back free position. I am out on Wayne Gallman. Every time this guy has more than five yard uh, five carries in a game, he has less than four yards per carry. And with Saquon Barkley and Dion Lewis on the team, like people are like, oh, if you just give him some more reps, it's like no, that's not what he's gonna get. He's not getting more reps. He's not on this team to get more reps. And then, like, everyone praises that uh, game against Washington. He had less than four yards per carry. Like, congrats, he had two touchdowns. One was a swing pass where Daniel Jones moved the defense with his eyes, and he was literally wide open. It wasn't like he ran some great routes. It was a swing pass and then a two yard rushing touchdown. Ooh, wow. I am so out on Javon or on Wayne Gallman. Whoa. And it actually bothers people because I, I just can't stand Gallman. I couldn't stand him last year. Uh, he doesn't do anything for me. Javon Leak, I liked him in this draft process. We talked about him pre-draft. He can make big plays. He's got some issues, but you can use him in the return game. I'm all on Javon Leak. And part of a big part of it is I'm just completely out on Wayne Gallman. Like, I, you're done. You haven't showed me anything. You came in the game. You fumbled. You got hurt. I got no more use for Wayne Gallman on this team.
1: If you know me, you know how much I love talking about running backs. But I've... Initially was at a point where I was like, "Yeah, Wayne Gallman's gonna get it because of the experience and blah blah blah." But now I'm sitting here thinking, he's gonna be this team's kick returner. Who else is gonna do it? Valentine. If Valentine is starting, you don't want him returning kicks. I don't. I don't even want Gallman. Ballantyne doing it. I don't want Valentine. Well, Gallman. Gallman doesn't Coleman. really have kick returning. Oh, Coleman. Coleman's coming off the torn ACL. Do you want to throw him back there? Which they may. I don't really want to be throwing peppers back out there, you know, especially coming off, you know, we're coming off that back injury. Tate, no, he's, a, he's, again, another starter. So you have to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel of the roster here to make room for somebody who is going to be a kicker punt returner. Uh, Leak's the guy. So sign me up.
0: I like it. I like it. All right, so I'm, we're both going Javon Leak. Uh, no vote no of confidence for John Hillman, which he doesn't deserve any confidence.
1: Wow. Um one of the most I love you John.
0: I legit think he was the worst Giants starting running back for a game in the last 10 years. Maybe even I might even be generous that might mean the last 20 years.
1: Oh, big big credit to uh, Andre Brown and Orland Starqua, two of my favorite people in the world. Much better. I would
0: much rather take them than John Hillman. All right, last on this list. Justin Marcus Golden, we will assume will start. Uh and this one doesn't matter as much cuz they're all going to get reps. But it does matter. Like the guy who gets the most reps gets the most chances. And that is outside linebacker slash edge number two. Between O'Shane Zimenez, Lorenzo Carter, and Kyler Fackra on Twitter, O'Shane got 57% of the vote. Lorenzo Carter got 24 And Kyler Fackra got 19% on Instagram. Wow. O'Shane got 68%. Lorenzo Carter got 32%. I could not agree with the listeners more. I'm ready for O'Shane. He played much less steps than Lorenzo Carter. He had the 2nd most sacks on the team to Marcus Golden. He's got pure pass rush ability. He has potential. Lorenzo Carter is a fine player. He's a solid player, but he's never going to be like this pure pass rusher He's just a, or like a, a huge run stuffer. He's just a solid football player. Back row I like, but I like him coming off the bench. Um, I get that he had 10.5 sacks, but like a couple of those were three sacks games. I think O'Shane Zimenez. we drafted him. He's part of that Odell trade. We got to give him a chance. I love his pure pass rush ability. He's got good instincts, um, and he was even pretty good in the run game. He had some good tackles for a loss. I'm I'm all in on O'Shane. I think O'Shane's should start week one. And I think he could have the most sacks on the team. I think he could have more than Marcus Golden.
1: I'm with you. By the time it's all said and done, I think O'Shane is going to have more snaps than Kyler Fackrell, but I'm kind of for Kyler Fackrell. Very, very much for Kyler Fackrell getting more reps and getting, putting more respect on his name than what Twitter and Instagram and our polls are currently doing right now. The dude was productive. Dude was extremely productive. We talk about Marcus Golden in his 2015-2016 years where he had a lot of pressures, had a decent amount of quarterback hits, and then it was the torn ACL that kind of derailed the two years there where that's how the Giants were able to get him on the cheap and for the one-year deal in 2019— Kyler you know, his quote-unquote torn ACL, like Marcus Golden had, was the fact that he had two the two Smiths who are edge rushers in Green Bay who are two of the best edge rushers in the National Football League. So those guys took reps away from him. I would love to see Kyler Fackrell, and this is going to be part of the whole argument that technically one inside linebacker is going to be on the field for Patrick Graham on third downs. You're going to have Blake Martinez and Kyler Fakro, which they did this together in 2019 in Green Bay, you're going to have them lining up in both A-gaps as interior linebackers, and they're going to be right on that center's nose. They're going to be right on top of the center. One of them is going to come in the blitz, Another guy's going to back out the coverage. Kyler Fackrell is able to actually back out the coverage, and he doesn't well. Sure, that's one of the things that made me angry in Green Bay because he was t- you you took away pass-rushing opportunities from Fackrell because he was dropping out in coverage, but it makes the Giants' defense that much more versatile. And even when he's coming off the edge, he's good. He, is, he's, he has pretty good play strength. I like him in that regard. I even like him in the run game. But I do agree, what, O'Shane, pretty high-leverage draft pick, you need to invest in him. You need to give him the reps. You need to give him the shot. You got the but don't mo- sleep on fact roll.
0: No, I'm not sleeping on fact roll. It's just Ocean has the the best pure pass rush ability, and on a team that needs some pass rush ability, so that's just what puts Ocean o- over the over the edge for me. He has some good it's stuff about ceiling, last year. Bobby. With a uh, ceiling, yeah, he has the highest ceiling. So I, I'm I'm all in on the listeners. So I agreed with the listeners on uh, edge, not on corner, but kinda, um, not on running back. Wide receiver four, I agreed. Wide receiver five, I disagreed. Linebacker two, and center, I agreed. Center's the big one for me. Start Nick Gates. Nick Gates for center 2020.
1: Nick Gates for center uh, 2020. Put it on a shirt. Thoughts. Did uh you can't put it on shirt because it's a name.
0: Yeah. Um, maybe like the gates of hell or something like that. I don't know.
1: Well, Gates Gates technically, it's not exactly like a name. If if we're being lawyers here. If you put Gates for center. But it doesn't sound good without the Nick uh, Yeah, I guess so.
0: We'll figure it out. All right, any final thoughts before we uh, we end this episode?
1: No. Like I said, uh, I'm still thinking about driving past MetLife Stadium today. Um, and uh, I'm sad.
0: Yeah, well, enjoy camp. I know it's a little different this year, but, you know, watch interviews. Get involved as much as you can. Ask us questions. We'll be back tomorrow with a player profile and preview. Uh, every, like I said, every weekday for the next five weeks, we will have be having an episode where we appreciate you guys. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, let's go big blue.